everyone, and welcome to the 72nd episode of The Manor Podcast. I'm your replacement host, Travis McDaniel, filling in for Roger Bodie, and I'm joined, as always, with his best friend and other co-host, Michael Hamilton. Michael, which hero from Bright Lights do you most align with morale-wise? Uh, morale-wise? I... Oh, gosh. I don't know if I actually... Do they all have, like, their own little... I don't know what their morals are. I don't... Uh, okay, well, you got Teklavasen. He's out here, progress at any cost, building up mech suits with wanton abandon, making deals with demons or something, and becoming shadow mechs. You got <laughs> uh-huh. Max, who's trying to burn down the establishment, you know, really bringing back punk punk rock in uh, the year whatever it is and in metrics. And uh, you got Dash, who's just like, oh, play items, I guess. Okay, definitely Dash, if those are how they're going to be described. I'm like, I don't know, I'll play some <laughs> items, I guess. I don't need to, to do some dark, sinister research or like burn down all the establishments. I, I'm i just kind of like, I'm just chilling. I'll just put some items into play, put some counters on my symbiosis shot, just have a good time, you know? Sounds good. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think just, just putting a bunch of items into play, who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, you got so much stuff, and I... I've definitely had a lot of things in my life. I, I'm not the best at getting stuff away. It's something that I like constantly have to make a very focused effort on, like trimming all the excess out of my life because I have so much random just crap that ends up sitting around in my room and around the house. So yeah, place of items. Nothing, <laughs> nothing about that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I'm here this week. For you folks listening at home, to fill in for Roger, he had a family emergency kind of pop up, and he had to head over to Cleveland. Uh, and I'm here to keep the the show going on and to provide you guys with excellent content. So hopefully, I can live up to Roger's legacy. I even brought the mug, so uh, we're gonna keep going. And today, we're talking about bright lights, uh, very specifically the limited perspective of it, uh, as we go over pre-release weekend and. Uh, how we're looking forward to the draft format. Um, Michael, you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, before we jump into the bright light stuff, I kind of want to take a second to introduce you to the people that may not know who you are, Travis. So Travis has been mine and Roger's friend for like two-ish years since the calling, the calling not as long as I've been with Starvo in Indianapolis is when we basically met you. Um, you came, you crashed yeah, in my house. Was... We hung out a bunch that weekend. Right, that was that time. It was like spring last year. It was like February, right? Of twenty twenty two. Yeah, February like of twenty twenty two, and we grinded Starvo v Prism. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> before the tournament, and we hung out. We got pizza. It was a good time. But um, so Travis has been my friend since then. We um, we've tested a lot together. You helped me work on the Ice Center deck before nationals, and then. Earlier this year, you became a member of the Wolfpack, which is awesome, and you've been great as part of the team. Um, Thank you. All, you. You're I'm, awesome. I'm glad to be there, and everyone's great as part of the team, honestly. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a good among greats in my mind. And then most of our viewers probably know you for editing the podcast. Now they can kind of put a face to whenever we say Travis is going to do something for us. Or good thanks, to Travis, for doing this thing. And yeah, Travis is our yeah. editor. You've I try doing... to be pretty active in the Discord too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, there was one other thing I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. Um, 
we also teamed with you at the the team tournament, the team sealed outsiders battle hardened thing, wherever that was. Yeah, um, and that that coverage was awesome. And thank you to Savage Feats and Mansant and the whole crew for putting that together. I think that was one of the single best pieces of flesh and blood coverage uh, that's been done to date. And there's been a lot of really good flesh and blood coverage, so that really should speak highly of the content. Definitely check it out on their YouTube channel. I believe it is just Savage Feats on YouTube. And uh, thankfully, that team event went much, went much better than our first team event together <laughs> back at the Calling Indianapolis. Yeah, so the, the first... Uh, time... Where we had all never played Blitz. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, you tell it. <laughs> the first time we met, we were like, well, we're not doing anything this Friday, because you came down the Friday, me and Roger were going to go to the convention center anyway. And we all went and played a team Blitz yeah, and event. I only... And none of us had played any Blitz. And I only had just known you. Yeah, yeah. None of us had played like any blitz before that. We, I think we went, I think we went one and two, and then Roger left. He was just like, "I'm out," <laughs> and that was that was it. I think that sounds right. <laughs> it was, it was uh, could have been a better better deduction, but I'm glad everything worked out. And we're buddies now. <laughs> so, <laughs> me too. Uh, I remember that event very distinctly because, like, I had learned the game probably the hardest way possible. I learned the game playing Lexi back then because I saw the card three of a kind. I was like, oh, there's no way this card isn't good. <laughs> uh, people hadn't really solved Lexi back then, and she was probably a little weaker in the meta back then. There was a lot of powerful things going on in the old Prism Chain Starvo days. Uh, so, uh, and the other deck I learned was uh, I, I built Kano in Blitz, and I was like, oh, I like, I like being a wizard. I like blowing stuff up. And so I had played like three Blitz events with Kano, and I was like, I could play, I could play Kano in a team event. Uh, and then uh, I ended up getting fatigued by an oldem because I left uh, like a third of my deck at the last table and didn't even realize it until I was like, why am I on second cycle already? Yeah, oops. <laughs> kind of deal. So, <laughs> oh, well. uh, and then, uh, so, so, and Michael, you were, you were just like, I don't know what everyone's problem is. I'm just playing oldem and I'm killing people. <laughs> yeah, it was the same as CC oldem. I don't know. You just, <laughs> you just a, block, you pulse reacts, you swing your winners well. It was a good time. But anyway, let's yeah, uh, let's go. That was fun. But uh, yeah, let's get on to topic. Yeah. So bright lights, uh, limited. You did one pre-release, two pre-releases. I only got to do one. Uh, I had an accident the Friday before. Uh, I normally wear glasses. For those of you who have seen me at events, uh, my glasses uh, took one for the team, so to speak, uh, and so I needed to schedule an eye exam pretty quick and that lined up pretty much the only time I could do that was during my second pre-release and so I had to pretty much skip that um funny enough like they were actually getting started uh by the time I was done so I could have joined but I had already like had other obligations set up uh so a bit unfortunate there but uh, I did play one pre-release and I got to play two decks because I actually switched heroes after uh the first round uh so I kind of have a good feel of probably the first like the two probably most commonly played heroes of the format, uh, which I think would be Teklavasen and Max. Uh, but I went undefeated in my pre-release up until the finals where I lost uh, Teklavasen Mirror to our other teammate, uh, Brian, who was uh, playing, just quite frankly, probably a little bit more of a strong deck. He had a couple more of the payoffs that Teklavasen's looking for, and he just got, he got started faster than me. He got his four Evos before I even got my third. So... I started to fall behind really, really quick. Yeah, it's it's tough when their deck is better than you and they draw better than you. 
<laughs> makes it <laughs> makes it tough. Um, yeah, it makes it really really hard. But yeah, uh, Brian's also a very good player too, so no no shame in losing to him. I actually ended up doing two pre-releases over the weekend. I wasn't sure if I was going to do any. And then there was one that was 10 minutes from my house that uh, wasn't full. And I was, I, I set aside time on Sunday to do that. And then Saturday at like noon, I was like, what am I going to do with my day? And I'm like, I could go pre-release. I look online and there's one like half an hour away. I called and made sure there would be space for me. And I ended up driving out there and there ended up being only three people at that pre-release. So I'm, I'm glad I went. So it wasn't two, but <laughs> Uh, we basically just got to open some packs and play against each other. I played Teclovasen in that I had five Evos, one of each slot, and then two, I think it was chess pieces. But um, I also had the the majestic chess piece, the the base one that blocks three then and has temper. So that was really strong. I think my deck was very good there. I had like around 30, 30 something, three blocks, and I just kind of pretty easily i don't even know if it was fatigue it was like fatigue by damage both my opponents playing teclavasin where i was just like blocking a little bit hitting him equipping some things and yeah i just outvalued both of them and one the two rounds i got to play of that because we only had three players and then i did another one the next day where i had a pool that had two evos both were hats or it might have been three evos all three were hats they were all hats though and i was like we're not playing teclavasin we can't play the the Tech Lavasin weapon. And I looked at my pool and I think I had a pretty solid dash pool. I had two red boom grenades and um I had the blue, the blue, uh, a few different blue items, but one the one that stood out to me as being pretty good is the one that you can sacrifice to get back a blue from your discard. Um and it has crank. Oh, the uh so I guess like the backup protocol blue. Yeah, backup protocol. Yeah. Yeah. And that 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 item seemed pretty good. And then I also had the the healing thing that goes back in your deck when you use it, which I'm not convinced that's good, but it did allow me to fatigue a, a max in the final round where, who I knew had, I'm also not convinced that's good. <laughs> I knew, I knew they had uh, maximum velocity and I would have trouble racing him. We actually, we played three rounds. The event was going to be three rounds and we played a, we played for fun afterwards. And then uh, they were like, actually, since we don't know who's undefeated because we were both three at that point, we're going to play another round if everyone's okay with that. So he beat me up with maximum velocity and, and then they're like, well, in the middle of the game, they're like, we're going to play another round. And we had already kind of, or we, we kind of talked about it there and we're like, this, 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 this shouldn't count because we were both playing, like expecting that we'd have a, or expecting that it wasn't for anything. So we basically finished that game where I died at the maximum velocity. And then I get to sideboard for our actual game. And I kind of changed my plan a little bit with the intent to fatigue him. Cause I don't think I can really race maximum velocity stuff. So I cut a couple of no block items that um the the amplifier i can't remember what it's called it's uh one cost at red it gives advantage with four steam counters and it gives your next boost card it has ward no oh no no that one uh that's the um i don't remember what it's called now either yeah so (laughs) i cut i cut a red and a yellow one of that for uh, a couple three blocks and uh just plan to lean towards fatigue if if the game ended up in a place where I could, and I ended up fatiguing him and winning the the pre-release, so it's called Hadron Collider, by the way. Hadron Collider, yes, that thing. Um, yeah, overall, I think the format is pretty interesting. The weapons ended up all being better than I thought they were going to be. Like Max's uh, Bonk, <laughs> what's it called? The Bonker. Uh, Banksy. Banksy. Yeah. <laughs> Banksy yeah. ended up being better than I thought it was. Um, 
Dash's pistol mm-hmm. is very good when you enable it. It just zero resources for two damage is zero resources in an action point for two damage is just like a good rate. And then Teclavasen, once you get three or four Evos, his weapon is extremely good. So yeah. yeah, he has probably the best weapon once you've got it going, but he's also got the only infinite weapon, which is uh, something of relevancy somewhat in Sealed, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. I Before we jump like too deep into like the heroes in Sealed like specifics, I actually wanted to ask you uh, how you felt the community sentiment around this set was, particularly from a like, from all perspectives, from classic constructed to Sealed uh, to Limited uh did you have any people like who did any thoughts really stand out to you yeah so i think uh at the pre-release it seemed like everyone was having a good time it seemed like everyone was enjoying the format the the four packs making a deck and the the way the heroes all played was like i don't know it seemed like there was a lot of excitement and people thought it was pretty cool but then i come home and look at twitter and twitter seems like all doom and gloom and i'm like i I don't know what's going on no one's even drafted the format yet like the sealed like Flesh and Blood is not known for its great sealed experiences. <laughs> so I, I I love Flesh and Blood. I just don't think the the game is designed for sealed or like the the sets are the sets aren't designed for sealed. I think the game actually is a very good game for sealed and I actually I think if they focused on balancing on sealed we'd have some very very good sealed formats because of just like it's very interesting looking at your pool deciding what hero to play, but the fact that most set formats are some heroes need more synergy pieces than others, which works really well in draft, but a lot of the time they just fall short in sealed. Leads to sealed being pretty underwhelming, where most people just end up playing the hero- the heroes that are most capable of just putting the good cards in their deck and not really as synergy based. That's why we saw assassins do the best in outsiders. We saw Fi be the best in uprising, and here we see I think Teclavasen is probably the best hero in the sealed format by a reasonable amount, and you can argue he has some synergy where you're just trying to get evos of different slots but that's just like if your steel pool has four different slots of evos you should probably be playing tech Boston. yeah i think um just about every sealed format i've played in this game has come down to whatever hero best uses what i like to call block three soup which is what you do when you just put all the block threes in your deck and then whatever the rest of your sealed pool that is remotely playable is and then you just you just play good old value blood and so, and hopefully you outvalue blood your opponent. Yeah. Having a good weapon has historically been very good in sealed too, because like you look at Fi had the best weapon in that format. You look at the, the assassins, you could argue their weapons are worse than Kadachi's, which I think is a, I think is actually just correct. Their weapons are worse than Kadachi's, but when you can't fill your deck with all the zero cost blues, you need to take advantage of Kadachi's because you're playing sealed and not draft. Then that, that kind of becomes more questionable. And then Teclavasen definitely has the, the most reliable weapon in sealed if you're doing the thing though i guess everyone can play his weapon but if you're going to be playing a bunch of evos you probably want to be playing teclavasen yeah because you just get redundancy with being able to actually get your weapon online uh so like if you if you want to play a boost attack you can boost without needing to worry about boosting the thing that turns your weapon into a real card plus like you get extra value for doing it that way too so it just it just generally makes sense um yeah i, I... <laughs> Uh, so maybe one day, uh, I would say like my, my impression of the set was that, uh, I wasn't surprised or necessarily disappointed, uh, but I was kind of hoping that the set would be a little, would be a little more on the sealed side of things. And I think it maybe is a little better than, than previous sealed formats. Cause I think like a good max deck can definitely get there. 
Um, Dash, I don't know. You have to like really get the the correct pool to make her work. I think. So uh, I think all my pre-releases, most players immediately were playing Max, um, and both of the pre-releases uh, that I had asked some of our teammates about, uh, the majority of players were playing Max, uh, but the the finals were all Teklovasen. So it just seems like uh, he's got the highest floor. Um, and that's sort of just the, the thing with Sealed in general, as because there's so many block threes usually in a lot of these sets and you open so many packs, you're going to have a lot more block threes than you might see in a draft deck because there's more like personal packs per player. Uh, but also because there's no synergies, the actual like ceiling offensively is lower. So you kind of have this thing where like blocking is better, attacking is usually a little worse. So that's where you kind of get the, the value soup sort of better weapon wins games kind of deal. Yeah. At least that's just my my two cents on it. Yeah, I, I agree. Block threes are just like so good when the format doesn't have the offensive synergies that let you go like notably above rate. And it's hard to get those in yeah, seals. It's just really hard. No. I, yeah, uh, like you just don't if you don't open a bunch of above rate stuff, you can't really go above rate. You're just kind of hoping that you can grind your opponent out usually. I'm kind of jumping forward a little bit and I, I did get to play one draft and that felt notably different. I mean very frequently going above rate. That's good. Because um, that's what I was hoping it would be, is that draft would make a lot more sense mm-hmm. uh, for the other two heroes to really break out a little more. Um, before we jump into that, though, do you want to go over the heroes really quick and sealed and kind of like how you felt they were? Or do yeah. you think like we've kind of already hit the hammer on the head? No, no, let's go through a okay. ball. Well, we could start with Teclavasen. So... Teclavasen, like we were kind of alluding to earlier, you want to get all the Evos out to kind of power up your gun. Um, the gun, when it's fully powered, one resource for three damage go again. That's just two points above rate. That's that's great. That's exactly where you want to be spending one resource for three damage with go again. is awesome. And even if you're going minus a little bit while you're playing these Evos out, um, because you aren't playing them from Banish, you're just playing them from your hand or something like that, it still very quickly pays for itself in the upgrades you're getting to your gun. On top of that, the gun also like it makes you the most capable of fatiguing other players because you're not spending any cards for your deck when you fire it and it has go again too so you can even follow it up with other things so i think teclavasen is also probably the um the most intuitive to play i think dash and max have some pretty weird lines i think max has like really this is jumping a little bit max has some really interesting sequencing to make sure you're maximizing all your hyper drivers and getting your Banksy value on the turns that you can. Whereas Teclavasen, the turns are a little bit simpler and it's more about your like overarching game plan and making sure you have a solid deck and a solid game plan rather than like making sure you're getting all the sequencing decisions right on each individual turn. Um, There's a little bit there with like maximizing the value of your Evos. So it's like you rarely want to play them from hand. That's usually not a good value proposition, but uh that's it's 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 like a minor part of it uh but i think i do agree that i think max has more intricate lines especially in sealed uh and dash is probably going to be the hardest deck to solve she really has big icelander of the format vibes where when people have figured out like sort of like the code of like what dash wants into like a good limited deck uh, kind of jumping in the draft i think she will be quite strong uh but until that point i think she will underperform or be underdrafted uh especially because I think in sealed as well, um, since a lot of people kind of correlate their sealed experience to their first draft experience. Uh, I don't think dash is super duper strong in sealed unless you just open 
like a really crazy pool. Uh, there's usually um, reasons to pull you towards one of the other two heroes. Um, and also starting with lower life, you have to kind of overcome that difference to make dash worthwhile. That's my impression anyway. Yeah, I think we're going to end up similar to what I think was right for um, Tales of Aria, where the majority of the time, like more than half, you should be one hero. And that said, it was Briar and the set, it was Teclavasen. And then like a decent chunk of the amount of the rest of the time, you should be the second best hero, which in, again, Tales of Aria was old time and in this format was is Dash. And then like, occasionally you're going to pull the sick pool that lets you play Lexi or Dash. But I think that it won't be super, super often. Yeah. Uh, and then Max, uh, in this format, because it was so grindy, uh, unless you just have a maximum velocity or some way to really go way over. Um, I've, I've heard tales of people using, um, uh, what's the keyword? Uh, overpower? Is it overpower? overpower to, like yep. pseudo dominate. Yeah. Uh, with like pump cards and setting that up against people to just like go over the top and leak damage through. Um, if you don't pull those pieces, I think it's really hard to perform as Max. Uh, and if, as long as you have at least like one or two Evo slots, I think you're better off playing Teclavossen. Um, even if you can never get the gun fully online, you still have an infinite weapon, and you can again just try to to outvalue your opponents. Um, but Max in this format felt like he needed to really maximize his cards and deck, which meant most of the time you're only boosting once per turn, so that you kind of make up the the banish cost from your deck, the losing one card there with being able to swing Banksy. Uh, so you still got three value out of that card you random banished. Um, and then the way that you go over the top again is usually going to be the pump cards because they're on rate damage with go again. Uh, that doesn't cost you cards from deck to like actually play. Yeah, some of some of Max's pump cards are kind of crazy. The There's one that is one for four with go again that also puts a counter on a hyperdriver. So it's basically like, the hyperdriver counter is going to give you back a resource. So that's kind of like a zero for four because you're going to get a resource back at some point. Yeah, that card is recharge, by the way. Recharge. I believe it's called recharge. Um, Yeah. There's another one that costs two at base. I think it's quick fire that is reduced by one for each hyperdriver you have. It can be pretty hard to get two Mm -hmm. hyperdrivers in play, but when you do, it's just a zero for four also, which is also very, very good. So um, I think it's like the highest risk, highest upside one. Yeah. And then there's the, the generic that's, or it's not generic. It's just doesn't have any hyperdriver synergies. It's just one resource for plus four, um, giga, giga something, gigawatt, <laughs> gigawatt. Uh, I think that's the worst of the three. Or, uh, and then that card's very clearly an homage to Back to the Future too, uh, because it's got uh, that Doc Brown uh, like art and you know the one point twenty one gigawatts. I don't think you would even get that reference, but uh, no. <laughs> given your propensity for movies in the past, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Roger would appreciate it. Uh, uh, Gigawatt, most importantly, I think, uh, also can buff your weapon. Uh, oh. That is, like, actually super relevant uh, when it comes to, like, Banksy. So you can do a, uh, a, I guess, like, it requires an extra resource, but if you already had a hyperdriver in play, you get that resource, and it works super well off of blue, uh, where you, like, boost, you pitch your blue, you crank the hyperdriver, and then you play the gigawatt, and then you Banksy for seven, and it's like really hard to block, and you get the extra value out of the hyperdriver that way. Yeah, the the breakpoints on Banksy are are very big because anytime you get that one resource or that one steam counter on your hyperdriver, you're just getting plus an extra resource in the future, which is great. That means it's basically a zero cost weapon attack that turn, assuming that when you get the resource later, you can use it. So you're just like storing a resource. I also got to use it in Teclavasen. 
So you get to attack for seven go again off of uh, two cards and two resources. Or that the, was pretty with fun. The yeah. Uh, with the a, with the leveler. The leveler, yeah. It's not a pistol. I'm gonna call. Yeah. I keep calling all the guns pistols, but none of them are pistols except technical. The leveler is. It, I think the leveler is like a machine gun. It's like a Gatling gun that's like attached to his arm. It's like a huge weapon that <laughs> based on the art. Yeah, yeah. It's that, like if, if that's a pistol, then I don't know. If it if it goes pew pew, it's a pistol <laughs> in my heart. I'm not a gun person. Okay. 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 So. Well, unfortunately, the rules say otherwise because you can't use the pistol items with the Tecla leveler. It is a gun. A pistol is not a gun. Uh. Uh, there's one other pump, too, that I think uh, you either forgot to mention or glossed over, which is the gas up, which is probably the hardest one to pull off both in sealed and maybe in limited. But it's also the highest upside overall, which is the one that lets you play a hyperdriver from Banish. If you draft an actual hyperdriver and get it in Banish and then you play this, that card is crazy in terms of a value proposition. Uh, anywhere from like reasonably five to a ceiling of seven for one resource with go again. Yeah, I, I think like, oh. especially if you're in max and you can do that, you can also crank that hyperdriver when it enters, which gives you two action points, which is like... Oh, you absolutely can. That's something that max isn't normally able to do. Like dash can kind of make multiple action points by cranking items off the top, but max really can't do that because the only time he would crank an item is if he spends his action point to play the item for the most part. I guess like there's the the item, the, the boost attacks that on hit, you can put an item into play that also let you do that. But usually max isn't going to be doing that. So... Or isn't going to be, yeah. So I, I guess that's, I guess it's not true because, yeah, the boost things can hit. I actually had two hyper drivers in my sealed pool with uh, a gas up, a gigawatt, and a quick fire at red. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I had a I had a recharge at red. It wasn't the quick fire; it was the recharge for sure. And I did actually manage to boost a hyper driver and play a gas up and put it into play. Okay, that's... and crank it. So it felt really good. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a synergy that I was trying to think how you can set up your hyperdriver to get banished because if you're playing gas up and hyperdriver, you really want to banish that hyperdriver to get the plus three on your gas up when you play gas up one for seven sounds really good. Um, but I think the main way to do that is I think there's a hat that lets you draw a card and put a, put a card from your hand on top of your deck. So you can do that to kind of set up the hyperdriver. That's probably the main way you would do that. There's another, uh, which is how I did it, which was to play the hyperdriver. Uh, I think I played it out early, and then um, you can scrap it. Oh. Because it's oh, an item. So okay. you can just banish it with a scrap card uh, and get it into the banish that way. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That sounds like something that wouldn't be that hard to do. I forgot about scrapping hyperdrivers. So yeah, ga- gas up, very good if you can do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's actually four four pumps, and I think in draft they will be pretty important because I think there's not a... I guess maybe Tash doesn't care about them that much for there. Uh, but before we move on to that, uh, what are your overall thoughts on Sealed uh, as a format? I know we kind of touched on it already, but just like overall good format, bad format, map format, would you be happy to sit down and play it? So I, I can't give it an amazing review because I think like a be- the best Sealed formats will have like some hero diversity. I think if it's right to play one hero 60% of the time or even 50% of the time in a three hero set, that feels like too much to me. And I think it's probably going to be a little bit more than that when you should play Tech Lovasen. I think that keeps me from giving it too high of a rating, but the games themselves do feel pretty fun. It feels like you're making a lot of decisions. I got to play Dash in my, in my second pre-release and Dash is like 
all your games, you're making a million decisions where like you're trying to figure out how you're going to boost things, how you're going to set things up to crank when you're blocking out, when you're using Symbiosis Shot. There's like a lot of play-by-play decisions. And then like, even just like what you put in your deck is really, was pretty hard for me to figure out because like every item you put increases your chance of hitting with dash, but decreases your amount of cards that block basically. And yeah, I I think the format, it, it was it was fun to play. And I think if once it's solved or more solved than it is now, as long as it isn't correct to play Tekla Voss in like 75% of the time, I, I can't be too hard on it. I think the games were really fun to play and it feels really like, it feels like there's some things to solve about it. What do you think? I, I would agree with that for sure. I, I mean, obviously we've only played the set for one weekend and so there's a lot to explore there. I definitely feel like Max definitely has um, some things to explore about him in terms of finding ways. And heck, there there probably is a way to play Dash, like where like it's correct to play Dash and Sealed that uh, maybe right now is not super obvious, uh, but comes around there. Because if you ever play an item off the top as Dash, you are just so massively plus on value because you're turning one or two resources into a, a whole extra card pretty much uh, and potentially even an action point. So there's there's a lot of stuff there to explore and see. Um, I actually, after talking about it here, I'm feeling a little better about it <laughs> than I was maybe at the beginning of this talk. Uh, I would say this is probably up there for me in terms of sealed formats. Just looking back, uh, I, I really enjoyed Outsider Sealed, even though it was mostly just your Azuri pile versus their Azuri pile. I felt like it was a very rewarding format to play well and navigate the games well. And I feel like it's kind of the same way here. Um, but I also think that I disagree with you where like if, if one hero is correct only 50% of the time in sealed, this is like the best field <laughs> flesh and blood has ever had, basically, <laughs> because I feel like it was closer to 80 or 90% in other sealed formats, uh, like in Outsiders especially. I feel like you should have been playing Assassin at least like three quarters of the time. Uh, and then like a Ranger pile, the other, the other one quarter. Um, so... I feel like it's pretty high up there as far as flesh and blood goes. It's far from perfect because, uh, again, this game, it just seems like sealed is not necessarily an afterthought, but it's not a priority. Um, and I believe they've said as much. Um, but I, I'm actually, I think, warming up uh, to the idea of the sealed format. And honestly, I, w- I would sit down and just open four packs with a friend and play some sealed games. I don't think I would hate doing that. Yeah, I, I think my most played sealed format was Welcome to Wraith. Me and Roger did quite a few Welcome to Wraith sealed. And I think that it was pretty even split between Katsu, Dorinthia, and Bravo, which hero you should play most of the time. Like, Bravo and Dorinthia and Katsu all have very good weapons for their own reasons and all have pretty functional game plans. I think Reinar was the least common hero you should play in Sealed by, like, a pretty reasonable amount, but the other three were all, like, none of them were above 50%. I think they were all three quite good. And that is kind of that what my, my ideal Sealed format is, where, like, three heroes that you and you're gonna you 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 aren't leaning a certain way before you start opening your packs and even though that's reasonable i mean i think that's i think that's a totally valid uh criticism of the format uh i didn't play a lot of welcome to wraith sealed uh i think i maybe have only played like maybe one or two rounds of it uh and i felt like i pretty much do agree with your assessment but i've always found like welcome to wraith be to be a little too milk toast for my taste like it's just a little too vanilla oh, I love and i mean welcome that in the, the most loving way possible because <laughs> who doesn't love welcome to wraith but 
I think that that would be a perfect balance to strike again if uh, if if we can get there. All right, so let's move on to talking about draft as we're a little over 30 minutes into it. I think actually we're, we're making pretty good time. Um, I want to start off by just asking, what do you think are the major changes between sealed and draft for bright lights? So it's definitely not correct to be Tech Lavasin 60 to 75% of the time in draft. Draft is self-correcting. When heroes are overdrafted, then that means all those decks are going to be worse and all the other decks that want different cards are going to be better. Even though everybody wants the good mechanologist cards, they're still, if everyone's trying to take the the, the Evos, then it's going to be hard to get enough Evos to play a good Tech Lavasin deck. If there's, if let's say that this wild situation that seven of the eight players are trying to play Teclo, then no, not very many of the players are going to have their four Evos to fully level up their, their Teclo levelers and have a good time. So I think the, the biggest change is just that Teclo may, may be the best deck. I'm not sure if he is or isn't, but you definitely shouldn't be playing him nearly as often as you were in Sealed. Yeah. Uh, the only two drafts I'm aware of, I wasn't a part of any, but um, they were both tech lo- four Teclovasen pods with two and two of the other two heroes. And uh, in yours, I believe you went 3-0 with Max, right? Yeah, so so we got a... We got a draft on draft fab before the the shutdown happened. <laughs> well, I'll let Roger talk about that one when he gets back if he wants to, but I'm gonna leave that one for for now. <laughs> but um yeah, so we did it we did a draft on draft fab with a few of the Wolfpack guys and a few of the random people from Runaways Discord. Um and it ended up being four Teclavossen. I was max with two Teclavossens on each side of me, and then uh there was one other Max and two Dashes. And the finals of that pod was Max versus Dash. And I think that is going to be pretty common if you see four two two pods where you just see the two heroes that are not Tecla Boston making it to the finals. Uh, interesting you say that because the other draft, um, my friend uh, Sebastian, who uh, made the finals of the calling over in, uh, I believe it was the German calling. Um, he was the usury player there. Uh, he played a draft, and there was also four Tech Lavasins, two Dash, and two uh, Max, and it was also a, a Max versus Dash final. Okay. Uh, and his conclusion was that uh, maybe Tech Lavasins not so good when there's four of them in the draft. Yeah. I, so uh, definitely, I think that'll happen a lot early on. I think the draft can definitely support three Tech Lavasins. I think there are enough Evos for that, especially if the other heroes aren't wanting them at all, which I don't think that's exactly true. I think you are going to want some of them in Dash and Max, but not... You're going to be a lot more selective about which ones you want, whereas Tackle Boston's like, I don't care, give me the <laughs> Though he, he prefers the ones that block, but he'll take any. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think... Yeah, I don't think I want any of the instants, which are the only ones that don't block. Well, so, uh, in Tackle Boston, anyway. I think you do want them just because the gun upgrade is worth having a card that literally just says upgrade my gun and then you're also going to have some of the attacks that care about having your evos so i i think That's like fair. you'd rather have a like if it's pack three pick five or six and you see a no block legs and you have no leg evos i think you're taking the no block just to like round out your deck if you're, you're probably right awesome. so we'll we'll yeah, see yeah. how and that if you, if you just like boost it away yeah you boost it away it's still free right that's true you get a bunch of value when you boost the zero the zeros do you want to get started on uh on talking about the individual heroes and how we predict their strategy or in your case since you've played one draft you're basically a master so you can <laughs> okay. you can tell us all how it's done 
So I will share my findings from one draft, but I but I am far from being a master. I have done one draft and I am uh, I'm getting a few more in this weekend and I'm really excited for that. But for now, I've done one. Um, so Tech Lavasin. Sure. Do you want to start with Max or yeah. do you want to start with Tech Lavasin because you won with Max? I can start with Max. So Max, you with Max, you want a lot of the same cards we talked about in the sealed, like the pumps that synergize with hyperdrivers are very, very good. Um, there's also some boost cards that if you have a hyperdriver in play, they go above rate. I, oh gosh, I can't remember the names of them, but they basically become throttle and zipper hit if you have a hyperdriver in play where their cost is reduced by one. Uh, I believe it's rev up and jumpstart. That's right. Rev, Rev up, up and jumpstart. Jump like 99% sure. Yep, that's it. Those cards are both great. I got the card list. Rev up with a hyperdriver in play is a two for six that you boost to get go again. And um, jumpstart is a one for five that you boost and uh, it gets go again. And jumpstart specifically, if you have a hyperdrive, a single hyperdriver in play, jumpstart is like kind of the ideal card because you can go jumpstart and then you can activate max and crank the hyperdriver that comes out. If you had a hyperdriver, well, you can't play it for one if you didn't have a hyperdriver. So you pitch a blue, you play jumpstart, you got on two resources floating. Your hyperdriver triggers puts you back up to three resources. Then you can crank Max and Banksy, or use Max to make a hyperdriver, crank it, and attack with Banksy. And that's a two card eight. That's uh, two card eight's very good. And it, it costs two cards from deck, but that's still two points above what they'd get from blocking with two cards for three. So two card eight. Yeah, it's actually a little better, right? Because you get the hyperdriver as well so it could be a little better than a two card eight well you're spending a hyperdriver counter and you're getting a hyperdriver counter so it's like break even right because you're destroying uh, the sure, one yeah you if have. your banksy hits then you're then you're plus one. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> it's eight with an on hit so yeah i i think yeah. that's very powerful um i guess it, also if you boost away a big bertha or um crankshaft crankshaft yep or crankshaft you also get a counter on an extra hyperdriver which is kind of free value that max will generate a lot during drafts. So Max actually has a lot of cards that are quite good in his deck because you want the the big birthday Craig shafts to boost away and buff your hyperdrivers. You also just find boost cards on offense. You want the jumpstart and the rev up that get their cost reduced if you have a hyperdriver. And then you want the pumps that synergize with hyperdrivers, either um, recharge and uh, all, the, all the ones we talked about earlier, recharge, uh, gas up, I think, is yeah, the hardest. Yeah, all to four make of work. the pumps. Um, gigawatt. Since it, now I know it works. Now that I know it works with Banksy, that card is going to go up in my pick order a little bit. And then uh, the one that costs what less, quick fire. Um, all four of those cards, very good. I don't know what the upper limit on how many you should play is because obviously you need to draw a boost card for them to do anything. Even the one that just boosts mechanologist attacks only. You can only attack with Banksy if you boost it. So you kind of need a boost for all of them, and you also need resources to play them. But they're all quite good when you're doing the thing. And I ended up having three of... I can't... I'm so bad with names of new cards. Three of the one that gets its cost reduced. Quick shot? Not a quick shot. Uh, a quick fire? Quick fire, or yeah. Or are you talking about a different card? No, quick fire. I ended up okay. having three red quick fires in my yeah. max deck that I 3 would with. And most of the time it was still just one resource for four damage, but I had a couple times where I either hit with a Banksy to get an extra counter on a hyperdriver so I could 
use max ability to make a second hyperdriver or just randomly had two hyperdrivers for some reason. And when it's free, it's just a zero for four with go again. That's that's great. That's very, very strong. So that's a that's a zero to 60 right there. That'll get you a ticket. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I I think, Max, you want to focus on all these other cards. Then you just want to fill out the rest of your deck with uh, more red boost cards because you need the critical mass of boost cards to do all of the things that you're trying to do. And um, even yellow and blue boost cards are fine. They all block for three and you need to fill out your deck. I attacked with yellow boost cards plenty of times in that 3-0 draft. And yeah, it's just part of part of what you have to do. And I, then you also can pitch the yellows. I think they're worse than the reds and blues, but you're pretty happy to have most cards that say boost. Where would you rate the actual item hyperdriver in a max deck? Do you think that's an important pickup to have one or two of? Or do you think it's not that important? It depends how many synergy pieces you have. Like if you have a lot of quick fires, then it can that can really help you have two hyperdrivers in play to make sure you're getting the discount on uh, quick fire. If you have gas up, that's another argument to play it. But ultimately, I think spending a resource and an action point and a card for what is essentially three resources is a pretty bad deal. So if you don't have a few synergy pieces, then I would stay away from playing it. Um, you can get you can get an action point back by giving up one of the resources on the hyperdriver. But again, if you aren't doing some very synergistic things with it, I, I would stay away from it. It also doesn't block. So when you don't want it, you're, you don't really have a choice. I mostly agree. Uh, being able to just like play it, crank it, and then swing Banksy without spending cards from deck is maybe worth exploring. I also think um, Expedite and Med MedX, those two cards make it a little more interesting because then those cards, can you can boost them and then functionally gain two action points so that you could play another boost card without boosting and also swing Banksy. Um, those are, I think, the the other synergy cards. But I agree, it's probably mostly a synergy piece, not something you're really looking to like pack one, pick one as like uh, a signal card, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely don't pick it early. That is a good point, especially Medex. That co- coming in for four is a pretty... A breakpoint that's usually going to hit, especially when you're max and not dash, so you probably don't have that many items. Like, you're, you, if you have several red Medexes, I think uh, Hyperdriver should go up in your pick order. Because when it's just a card for the, that three counters on a Hyperdriver, just pl- that's putting in a pl- play from your hand, That that's really powerful. If you know you have it too, you can sit on the Medex until you draw the Hyperdriver and play it from Arsenal. You kind of signal you have it, but also like four is a pretty tough breakpoint. There's so the main ways to... one card in the set, I think, that blocks it. No, there's, on its own. there's quite a few ways need... to block four. So the 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 main one's Red Firewall. That's just always blocks four. It's just mm-hmm. the red defense card. You look at your top card. If it's an Evo, you keep it on top. Anything else you put on That's the, the one I was thinking of. Uh, but there's also all the galvanized cards, which are going to be pretty... I think you're going to see a lot more of them in oh, sure. draft yeah. than in sealed because I think, spoilers, Dash is a lot better in draft than she is in sealed. And she likes the galvanized cards because some of her items chill out with zero counters on them. Um, yeah. Good thing you brought those up too because I we were almost about to finish Max and... I wanted to talk about the galvanized cards because I think the galvanized cards are quite good in max uh, because you can't always make use of like a hyperdriver resource being able to just convert that into one functionally one block, even though it's actually two block uh, and being able to block the four breakpoint is I think quite strong. Yeah, I think 
if you have a good draft deck, a lot of the time, I think a lot of the time you're going to be doing the hyperdriver synergy. So you aren't going to want to blow up your own hyperdrivers because you have ways to use them so often. But that's fair. It's definitely not never that you'll want to block with them. And then the one that says it has go again if an item you control has been destroyed this turn, that is so easy to enable in max because oh yeah, you have so many hyperdrivers that just. <laughs> Enter with one counter because they enter with two and you crank them and then you swing Banksy. So you have one one counter on your hyperdriver. So you play your boost card, you break your hyperdriver, you get your resource, you can just attack zero for four go again with that card. So I think that card will be Yeah, I appreciate that card. Very, very okay. commonly played in Max. Yeah, I think that card is called soup up, right? That's soup up. I am like 90%. I, I'm not sure because anyway. <laughs> there's one that has the galvanized text, and it's just the same card without the line of if an item you control is destroyed this turn, it gets go again. And I, I can't remember. Yeah, that's infused alloy. Okay. Okay. Then infused I think infused alloy is that one. Soup up is the rare, which is which adds the game go again if an item has been destroyed. Otherwise, they're identical. Okay. I th- I think I think soup up will be very good. It's a, a card that will be a reasonable pull into max as well. Yeah. And when I'm talking about like galvanizing max, I'm not necessarily talking about like running a whole bunch of galvanized cards. I think just running a couple. Um, a bit like traps in Assassin, although maybe you, maybe you ran a lot of traps in Assassin oh, yeah. and Outsiders, but like, but like, I think it's just one of those things where it's just like a sprinkling is probably pretty good to just round you out a little bit, um, since uh, you may be running cards with lower defensive power in the pumps. Um, some ability to to block and make up for that maybe helps a little more. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that, that pretty much does sum it up. Uh, Asmax in draft, do you think uh, you can go more all out than in sealed, or do you still have to kind of be mindful? Are you doing a lot of the like single boost to turn on your ability so you can crank and swing Banksy, or are you boosting multiple times? I think it really depends. I I do think that the bigger boost cards are generally going to be better because you're getting like. Like, I'd rather be attacking with a big Bertha than a 0 to 50 because you're spending two cards a deck for six damage rather than two cards a deck for three damage. Um, I think because of the nature of the pump spells and you really wanting the pump spells and there being four different ones of them, I think it's going to be pretty common to go pump spell, boost attack, uh, max Banksy as your play pattern. And because of that, you just won't be boosting multiple times in a turn that often um i could be wrong and i I did have several turns that i was boosting two times but it seemed pretty uncommon that i was like boosting three or four times in a turn and uh how big was your deck in draft uh so i think i played 35 in the first round and then i played 34 in the two rounds after that and i don't know if that's correct my final round i the game ended on turn three so uh <laughs> i'll do so i i'm not sure how many cards you're supposed to be playing in drafts i have always been a pretty big advocate of just playing the minimum amount of cards you can but when each card just means you can boost something an additional time get an extra action point every card you add into your deck it's sometimes worth diluting the power a little bit to make sure that your deck is functional because you're going to need a boost if you're playing max at least and Probably. like I said before, like with sealed, there's more block threes and the general power level is lower. When those two separate a little more, you can get a little more freedom with your deck space uh, to not just run like the maximum number of playables you can because you, you just need to have cards as a resource. Yeah. The other thing that I think changes, 
I guess it doesn't change a lot in tr- between draft and sealed, but it's worth talking about. I think Max really values like some of the blade break equipment because he isn't going to be doing the Evo upgrades. He just wants to race you most of the time that having them to help basically hit your break points. And because you don't care if your slot gets destroyed, because you probably weren't going to Evo's upgrade it anyway, the, the blade break equipment's very good in Max and also in Dash, but we'll get to Dash in a second. Well, I mean, that sounds like a good enough segue for me. Do you want to go into Dash and then uh, close out on Teclodad? Yeah, sounds good. So Awesome. So uh, neither of us have played Dash, but you've seen a Dash in the finals. Uh, what do you think is the main strategy as Dash when you're going into a draft? Or when you've decided in the draft that you're Dash? Yeah. What are you looking for? I'm not exactly sure what the biggest pulls into Dash are because none of the cards I look at, I'm like, man, that's a sick Dash card. But... In my draft, I did see a lot of items going very late, like some of the blue items that I'm pretty happy to play in my dash deck, like the blue product, blue script thing that returns. The recovery or backup protocol. Yeah, backup right? protocol. Yeah, backup protocol. I, I saw a blue of that going pretty late. I saw, um, I guess boom grenades are probably the biggest pull in the, to dash. The red boom grenades are very good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's... Dash is kind of the hero that I'm most uncertain about because you want some of these items, you want the good ones, you want the the red boom grenades, and then you want some boost cards. I also think Dash is probably going to want red hyperdrivers because she's good at playing items. Like she she wants items, she wants to play items at the top. You're also charging your symbiosis shot when you play it from hand, and I think Dash is the deck that's going to be picking up the the Medexes, Medexes. Medex, Medex, and uh, Expedite. Yeah, picking those up the highest because she has items she wants to put in. So having those to get your hyperdriver into play, I think, is a pretty max thing to or dash thing to do. Um, That said, I think Dash is the hardest hero to figure out, and she has some like kind of interesting stuff she can do with like the overpower script, and I. I'm pretty, I usually am pretty low on evasion evasion and formats. I think in a format as fatigue heavy as Bright Lights is, that might change where if you're, if people are just trying to fatigue you, then giving all your stuff um, overpower seems very interesting. But for the most part, your plan is going to be looking to race people, looking to block a reasonable amount. You have a pretty solid weapon and you don't need like a lot to be able to fatigue as dash you just need like one med kit and suddenly you have fatiguing other dashes or maxes as a viable strategy where if you have a bunch of defensive items and you have some of these survival or this med kit to kind of loop to gain life and recharge your symbiosis shot then you can threaten to fatigue anybody so you want to sort of explain that interaction yeah so like how that how does that work? So if you have a med kit in play, then you can activate it, spending your action point, gain two life. Then it goes back into your deck. And if there's no cards in your deck, then it'll be the top card of your deck. So then you can use Dash's ability and pitch another card to play it off the top. And as long as you can keep that and one other card, then you can gain two life every turn until your opponent runs out of cards. If they aren't, you quite also out get of a pistol yet. counter, right? And then so when you, it goes you into play, just pistol them. Yeah, when it goes into play, your 
Symbiosis shot gets a counter on it. So when they're out of cards, not doing anything, you just can spend each turn to just shoot the pistol or play the med kit, shoot them to get another counter. And then next turn you can shoot the pistol and eventually they'll die. And that was actually the strategy I used in the round four of my pre-release when I was playing Dash to fatigue the max. Uh, for me, I think some of the marquee cards to look out for is Dash are I, maybe the good items, of course, are, are quite good, but I feel like they're going to be relatively uncontested because they're not something that Echo Boston is maybe necessarily looking for or Max is necessarily looking for. So, like, I feel like it's pretty likely you might see, like, a Bloom Grenade go late uh, in pack one. Uh, but any of the items I think that you can play from hand and reasonably still get, like, full value out of will be good. But also items that you're happy to crank will be extra, extra important so that you can sort of build up your pistol counters, crank an item, get that extra action point and sort of shoot twice or shoot multiple times uh, with uh, with the extra action point that gives you um, as far as the items go. Other than that, I think you're really looking for boost cards because uh, you can you can always tell like whether or not like you should or shouldn't boost based on the card on top. Things like Firewall also seem pretty good. They're just good blocking cards because you're going to be running no blocks in your deck, so you want cards in your deck that you can play reasonably well defensively uh, when needed. Uh, do you think uh, Evo cards are super important for Dash? Because I think some probably are. So it it's weird because there are some Evo cards that do nice things for you, like the the one that I was talking about when we were talking about Sealed, of like you draw a card and then put a card card from your hand on top of your deck doing that and putting an item on top of your deck it's very good very strong because you're just going to play that item off the top with your dash ability um i think for the most part you're not super looking to get items there's the i think there's a it's either a glove or a chest piece the battery cell uh yeah the chest piece that uh you destroy the internet and you get a resource and you can I don't remember exactly. I'd have to look it up. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember what it does, but I remember reading it and being like, this is a good card in Dash if I can get it in Dash. So uh, definitely. There's like that entire cycle. The the zero cost two block blade break stuff. Yeah, the yellow two blocks is what I'm calling it. Like yeah. the yellow two block commons. Uh, it's like the headpiece, which puts the thing on top and draws a card. What draws a card then puts the thing on top even better. Uh, the gloves, which lets you play an item from your hand of zero, one, or cost at instant speed. Uh, I was using that to play the Ward 4 item in Teklavasen and just turning that into a defense reaction, basically. Uh, and then the chess piece, like you said there. I don't remember what the boots do, but I think they were the most underwhelming of the four. But I think all of those are quite good in Dash if you can actually just put them into play, which you probably can because you get extra action points. Yeah, though, a lot of the time you have extra action points and you want to use them to shoot your gun, but mm. you can just play the item. You can take your gunshot and then play that, and the next turn you can shoot your gun twice, you know? Sure, sure. And then playing the uh, playing these Evos, um, and then you get some value out of the activated ability. If you get, like, two points of value out of the activated ability, then you block for two with them later. That's four points out of a card and an action point. That's perfectly on rate. And then it can also, like... The ability, I said, get two points of value out of it. But you can definitely get more than that if you turn a hand that's like a complete clunker into a hand that's like doing pretty efficient things. So I I do think they are solid in dash. And I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, one thing that you were talking about boost, one of the advantages of boost also is when you're playing dash, you look at your top card of your deck every time your top card changes. Um, 
by boosting away a top card that's not an item, it gets you one closer to finding an item. So it basically gives you more chances to find a free an item that you can play off the top, which is very powerful as well. And I think the key takeaway with Dash is the thing you want to be doing is playing items off the top because that is so just above rate. Uh, basically, if you play a boom grenade off the top, you can think of it as turning a card in your like a blue in your hand into four damage, an action point, and two resources, and which is just absolutely gun. crazy. What was that? And a counter on your gun. Oh yeah, and a counter on your gun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, if you if you convert that all into like if uh, the ephemeral math space of flesh and blood that ends up it's being something it's like it's like a value for one card it's actually insane um and so you what you want are cards that enable you to do that as much as possible but there's a balance because items don't block so i think a lot of the solving with dash is going to be what is the correct ratio of items to other cards that that help me do the thing uh because otherwise if you aren't doing the thing you are just a lower hp hero that is worse than the other two yeah yeah so yeah definitely want to be playing items at the top 100 percent. but yeah if you're, if you're doing that consistently dash is going to be very strong uh so we're coming up closer to an hour here let's go over teclavasen and then uh we can close this out so uh teclavasen what are so, we looking for i think teclavasen is a little bit different from he is in sealed. I think the focus of draft isn't going to be as much on just fatiguing and having a 40 card deck or as many cards as possible. You really need to make sure you're able to survive these two heroes, Max and Dash. They're like high damage output. They're really efficient turns. And playing like random two blocks to get your deck up to 40 cards probably isn't going to be worth it. You probably want to just like make sure you're getting your Evos online as quickly as possible so you can use your gun at uh, your gun at a good rate where it has three evos or four evos where it gets really strong even two evos is fine one for two you without go go again is just fine but not amazing but i think you want to play a thinner deck and kind of turbo towards getting your your gun charged up maybe in the teclavasen mirror you still play as many cards as you can but i know i played in my draft i played against michael fang and he had a a yellow no block in his hand and he was playing like 37 or 38 cards. He was playing quite a few cards. And because he had a single yellow no block, it forced him to basically, in order to use his hand efficiently, he needed to take a bunch of damage and try to race me. And we had the the classic situation where the defensive deck takes a bunch of damage to throw a bunch of damage back. And as the aggressive deck, I'm like, okay, I will block all the damage on this turn. I blocked with three cards and arsenal to pump spell. And then his next turn, he drew a hand that presented like seven damage off its four cards. And that's something that happens a lot if you aren't able to use your cards defensively when you're a defensive focus deck. So uh, basically, the the key takeaway from that moment was you probably don't want to put the below the, the bad cards in your deck just to increase your deck count. You Sure, you can play above 30, especially if all the cards are good, but I wouldn't be putting kind of worse cards in your deck just to fill it out in uh, against dash and max where you're probably just going to die if you're doing that yeah i agree um i think maybe going a little above is probably fine especially if it's a card you're happy to run anyway uh i haven't played a draft but i would imagine the big things you're looking for are ways uh, similar to dash the thing you want to be doing with Teclavasen is playing your Evos from Banish in a free sort of way. Uh, because that is 
similar to Dash, functionally like drawing a card. <laughs> so um, you you probably are going to prioritize things that scrap a little more. You're probably going to prioritize uh, the really good evos that are uh, that are pretty efficient to to play. Um, I really think the yellow zero cost ones that Dash also wants are, are phenomenal in Teclavasen. Being able to put an evo on top with the headpiece and then boost it away to then functionally just draw a card for a resource is very strong. Uh, having the item one was perfectly serviceable for me, especially if you run one or two items in your deck that you're happy to run, like a boom grenade that you can flash in. Um, and then the steam counter one can be quite good as well to help smooth out some of your curves because with the gun and the varying cost of attacks, you, you may be just like one resource shy of doing what you want to do. And one resource can go a long way, saving you a whole card in this format. Um, but yeah, I think the big thing, the two main things you want to do is you want to play your Evos from Banish and you want to get four set up as quickly as possible because the best thing you can be doing is Teclavasen is swinging the gun for three go again every single turn. Uh, and you will probably beat most opponents if you can do that efficiently. Yeah, especially if you can combine it with doing something else with those two remaining resources you have after, afterwards. So if like, you like do that and then you play a two for five boost card, you just don't boost it because you don't need to because your gun head going in and you're ending the turn with it but that's like a two card eight if you're doing something like that every turn then that'll be yeah it's really hard for other heroes to keep up with that yeah um and then like if you if you do have the ability i think the boost like big boost cards are probably quite good in teclavasen just because uh early on you don't really need to spend extra resources so being able to use as many resources as you can is very efficient um they work really well with the weapon at two for five as you said there um but also they're they're just good extenders to let you go wide um what do you think about the evos in general uh what are some of the key ones you're going to be looking out for i already mentioned like the zero for two yellows again i think those are going to be quite good for those for both him and dash but what about like the uh the sentry set the the red is that the red battle one yeah yeah the red battle ones i think teclo's the only hero of the three heroes that actually want the red battle worn ones because they're pretty awkward to play out when they cost you two resources and a full card and an action point where you're just getting three points of block kind of broken up over two turns. But Teclo loves those because you can play them, you can block with them twice, and then they're still sitting there to get upgraded if you draw another Evos or banish another Evos later. And they're also powering up your gun, even though you've already blocked with them. So you can kind of like, a lot of the time when you block with your Evos, that's cashing it in, it's going to break. But the battle-worn ones kind of stay around after you do that, which is perfect for Teclo. That's exactly what he wants to power up his gun and then we also haven't mentioned them yet but there's a lot of the attacks that are really above rate once you have several evos going um i was gonna bring that up next <laughs> there's uh the payoffs so to speak yeah but most of them yeah. they're all rares i think yeah they are all rares the the one that is a four four cost six power attack that gets its cost reduced by one for each evo you have if you have three evos it's pretty easy to two card fire the gun attack with that for six that's a, again two card eight with only three Evos, which is usually you can't. Uh, only two, eight. right? Because it costs two if you have two Evos. Yeah, but the, the gun won't have go again. I, I guess you need the go Evos. again, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time. Uh-huh. Um, then the, the there's another one that's like a three for nine. It's a th- three for five that gets plus one for each Evo you have. If you have four Evos, it's just you can two card nine. That's, that's great. If you have three Evos, it's still Wounded Bull. Uh, coming in for eight, another great card. And I think that might be actually. 
I think that might be one of the most common signal cards that like Tekla Lawson is open is if you get past a red or blue mechanical strength, both of those cards are nuts in this deck. Uh, yeah, even the blue, if you have four Evos, you play it second cycle. It's just a three for seven, which is great. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's a three for seven block three at blue. It's pretty, pretty nuts. Um, uh, Junkyard Dog, I think, is another pretty good just... Uh, I won't necessarily say like bread and butter, but it's it's a it's a good role player card in him. It's just on rate and does what you want to do, where you can block with your evos and scrap them. Um, and I think most of the other scrap cards can be a little awkward to to use functionally. Uh, yeah, but that one is like it's kind of fine because like you're just getting a card's worth of value out of it, all right. So yeah, the the zero cost ones with three power that one of them gives you a resource, one of them lets you cast an evo with flash. Those. Or cast as if it was an instant. Those two, I think, are definitely worse, but they're fine. You do just want ways to scrap your Evos after you block with them. So I'm not unhappy to run out my deck with them. And then there's also the three for six that scraps a card. You can put a steam counter on something. You're almost never going to have something to put a steam counter on, but it still blocks three. It's still a two card six, and scrapping an Evo is worth quite a bit sometimes. So I'm never unhappy to put that in my deck. Yeah, I'll also say that um, I think it's also a rare. The one that you scrap a card, it's also a three for six and it gets overpower. That one, mm-hmm. that one's probably super relevant as well. Yeah. Uh, as I said before, what? like Gigawatt and Lot and Tuckle Lawson too, because you can go like gun and then Gigawatt a big attack and it's just a lot of surprise damage. Yeah. One thing to watch out for when you're playing Tuckle Lawson, you, you talked about overpower. When your equipment is upgraded, they're still action cards so you can't actually block with the equipment plus another card another action card from your hand on these overpower cards so a lot of the time it's you're really encouraged to save your equipment for as long as possible but you do have to worry about getting punked out by overpower damage even if you have like five block on armor you just can't use it if it has overpower because your armor is actions or action cards i like that you said punked out because uh, because max exists (laughs) yeah uh, so <laughs> he's getting you uh yeah um and of course uh, i think all the heroes want boost cards tech is no different um boost cards sometimes draw you cards in this hero so it's nuts firewall is probably at its best home here as well because if you have a boost card and you block with a firewall and you see an evo on top you're just you're zooming um and if there's not an evo on top then it it gives you a chance to see an evo on top because you get a reroll. I do I do like it quite a bit in Dash as well because she can if she has an item on top, she can just play it on your opponent's turn and then block with the firewall. And if she doesn't have an item on top, firewall helps you dig towards those items. So but yeah, great the integral, great dash. In dash. Is, yeah, I was the awkward part with doing it in Dash is that you have to pay for the item on your opponent's turn. So you are pitching a card on your opponent's turn to do that. But uh could definitely be right, especially if your opponent is playing Tech Boston or they have a bad turn and you just can get value out of your card that way. All right, so with that out of the way, Michael, I want to close out this entire discussion and probably this whole entire episode with asking you for what are your preliminary thoughts on the draft? Having completed one whole draft, uh, I'm now asking you to judge the entire work that the developers have put into this and give them a grade. Uh, How do you feel about Bright Light's draft? Yeah, so now that I'm an expert with one whole draft under my belt, mm-hmm. I, I would say that this format 
it does seem pretty good. I think all three heroes have a lot of interesting decisions and are relatively deep. I think the games so far, again, I haven't played that many of them, but they have all felt like there have been interesting decisions on both sides. I've seen kind of the impacts of playing a smaller deck coming back to bite you as you run out of cards and get fatigued, playing a bigger deck kind of coming back to bite you as you have to put these mopey bad cards in your deck, and sometimes that hurts a lot. So I I think this format's going to end up being pretty good. I do like that you can pivot between the heroes a lot easier than you can in other formats because they're all mechanologists. So even though your boom grenades might be a lot worse than Max than they were if you were Dash, if Max just ends up wide open, you can make it work, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, the pivoting, I think, is actually kind of huge. Um, I'm not saying that, like, pivoting has ever been great in Fab, but I think it's definitely a lot better in this set where you can... It seems like a lot of cards can find homes in, like, two, or if not all three heroes. And I think that's a huge boost. Uh, Boom Grenade in particular, I think all three heroes can justify playing that card. Um and like a lot of the evos that are like generically good we talked about the yellow ones that block two quite a bit uh and boost cards obviously go in just about every hero so i think it's pretty reasonable to stay open kind of see what might really come around um and if you see one of those really flagship cards for a hero you have a good idea that you're probably not going to be contested you can then kind of move into that a little more um so i have a lot of hopes and then like you know hey if you move into a hero and you train wreck a little bit and you realize that you're super contested, you can move out pretty easily as well. Like you didn't just throw away like eight picks of your draft to nothing. Like they're playable cards. So uh, I think that's absolutely going to be huge. Um, uh, Based on what I've seen, uh, it seems like all the heroes will probably be viable to some degree. I don't know exactly where Tekla Boston will lie in relative to the others, just because the two drafts I have seen and talked to people about were for Tekla Boston pods. Uh, but it does seem entirely likely that if you're a one of two max or a one of two dash, that your deck is going to be quite good, uh, which is good to see to start for the health for those of the format. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I think all those things considered, this could be an absolute, one of the best uh, draft experiences that this game has had so far. And I'm really excited to see what happens at Worlds. And I'm hoping they, they do uh a more personalized coverage so that we can follow a player from start to finish through the draft. I think that'll be really exciting. Yeah. I, I hope they do that too. I think that's just like just the limited viewer viewing experience has always been like kind of rough when you're like jumping between games of decks that you don't really know. I think like having one cohesive story where you watch one player draft and you watch their three rounds, I think that leads to a really good experience. And even like, like if you look at random like streams or YouTube videos of people doing drafts and stuff, like people have, really rally behind watching one player like record their whole experience and i think that taking that for like the big stage and doing that for coverage of worlds i think would be very popular regardless of how this draft format ends up i really like that lss is experimenting with kind of different formats and trying different things i think flesh and blood there's so many different things they could do they don't need to have like every set be like welcome to wraith like i love welcome to wraith I think it's a really good set to both play CLD and draft with. But I think like them branching out, them trying different things leads to both a diverse experience where like drafting one set feels significantly different than drafting another set. Like drafting Bright Lights doesn't feel like drafting Outsiders or drafting Uprising or drafting Tales of Aria. It feels very different where everyone's in mech doing mech things. And also I think like if they keep doing this, if they keep trying different things, they're going to find something that's amazing. They're going to stumble upon, oh, I shouldn't say stumble. They're like, 
they're, they're putting a lot of time and effort into it, but eventually they're going to like create some, some really, really cool formats. And this might be one, I, I don't know. I haven't played enough to really know yet, but I think it's a very good sign and that they are trying all these different things. And it means we'll have great things in the future. And that gets me excited. Yeah. So what you're saying is the future is bright. Yes, the future is bright. <laughs> Excellent. Um, that, do you have any closing thoughts, Travis? I was going to ask you the same thing. I um, I feel like we've comprehensively covered uh, everything that we set out to. Thank you for bringing me on. I'm glad to help keep this thing going uh, and help in any way I can. I wish uh, Roger all the best with everything he's got going on. And uh, looking forward to next time we see each other at an event. Yeah, hopefully soon. All right. Thanks for hopping on here, Travis. It was was great talking to you. And yeah, I'm ready to wrap things up. All right. Well, that said, next time you're at a Bright's Light limited event, remember to mind your manners. Take care, everyone. And then on.